All right, and we're live. And so, so then I was like, you know, I put my finger up my my butt, my butt, right? And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was there for good, it. Yeah. yeah that was I was like, what, what's Warren doing? But but you know, I guess I didn't yeah. question it. Great story. <laughs> <laughs> I told her at my cousin's wedding and nobody like everyone just looked at me like they've never done butt stuff. And I was like, what was wrong with you guys? What are you guys prudes? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like weddings are like the perfect time to tell, tell those kind of stories, you know, because it really kind of breaks the ice for uh, the rest of the night. And, uh, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of encourages the bride and the groom, you know, gives them some ideas. I know. It's like, here's what you, you guys are going to be together for the rest of your life. You, you know what you should do? Learn to, love each other every part of your body especially yeah, gotta, gotta learn to spice it up you know yeah can't, can't yeah. be can't be rolling yeah what is this each this, this is the 21st well, century you're... this is in the, the 1800s <laughs> yeah man like anyway i wanted to just do one of those gags where like we kind of start in the middle of someone's conversation and it's really weird conversation um i don't know if that works but I didn't actually tell a story about doing butt stuff at a wedding, so don't worry. Anyway, welcome. Yeah, welcome. welcome to the Gravity uh, Podcast. Yep. Do you wanna you wanna kick us off today? Introduce us, Chenchi? No, I just wanted to cut you off just for no reason there. Oh, you bitch. Okay. <laughs> I'm not inviting you to my wedding. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Graduates Podcast, episode three. Wow, lucky number three. We're already at three episodes, man. Yeah, this is one- good. Gee? Yeah. Uh, you want to check in? <laughs> sure, man. Yeah. How how you doing? How's your day been? How's your I'm week? Like, like a grizzled vet already. I'm like, oh, third episode in. I'm already like, I'm so tired of it. You know, I already know. Just <laughs> checking, checking in. Uh, I had a pretty weird week because. Uh, Last week I told you I told you I had like a sore throat, so I was contemplating my mortality for forever in my room, and then it kind of went away. So I was like, "Oh, maybe I'm fine." And then I felt really good, and then it came back in the middle of the night really badly, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna die." So I've been kind of like holed up in my room just to be safe and away from civilization. So it wasn't too good. It wasn't too good. But then, um. I got some like mixed news because I got a test on Monday, which came back after a few days and it said I was negative. So that was a good thing. But also on Tuesday, I was walking down the street. That, that was the last time I was out in civilization. I was walking down the street on Tuesday and uh, some random motherfucker spat on my face. Yeah. Hold like, up. What? Well, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta elaborate. <laughs> I was like, I was walking and I was like staring at the ground like I usually do, just like thinking about thinking about, you know, how to solve world hunger, you know, being the the worldly saintly man that I am. I was deep in concentration, doing doing good work in my mind. And then some random guy just spat at my spat in my face. He, he literally just spat in my face. I felt like I felt like half my face felt the some like cold droplets of saliva just like hit me. And then I turned and I was like, who is this guy? There's, there's this like skinny white kid wearing a black hoodie and he's like muttering shit to himself. And I was like, my, so my instant. Did he beat what? his ass? I feel like, I feel like I would have beat his ass. Just like immediately. I beat his ass. Dude, I was like, no, I didn't beat his ass. I wish <laughs> I did. I was more mad that I didn't like 
beat his ass afterwards. I think, yeah, I was really mad that, like, I wish I was one of those people. This was one of those moments where I was like, I wish I wasn't an overanalyzer. And I wish I was one of those people who could just react to, like, who could just have knee-jerk reactions to situations. Because I know there's some people who just, like, you know, their lids would just blow off and they would go crazy if something did something like that happened to them on the streets. But instead, what happened to me was I got this, like, momentary shock. Like, my whole body kind of felt like the surge of heat. And then I was, like, trying really hard in that split second to just, like, not react in a horrible way. So I stood there. I literally just froze and I stood there. And then I turned around to assess who the fuck it was. And it was just like, so it was like, like I said, it was like this random white kid in a black hoodie just muttering to himself. And I looked at him, I paused for a second, and then I was like trying to assess what I'm going to do. And all that I managed to do was I looked at him, I was like, hey, man, are you okay? <laughs> I kept saying that to him. I was like, are you okay, dude? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he kept muttering, like, I'm not accommodating anyone. I'm not accommodating anyone. Oh, my God. I would have, oh, my God. I, mean, I was I'm like, this sure is I uppercut. Exploded out this guy. Oh my this is, goodness! This is like uppercut territory. Like I had the more, yeah, yeah, moral high ground. I could have, I could have swung a few haymakers in there, and then just like, and you got away experience too. You were uh, an ex-boxer. You actually know how to hit people. So. I know. I was like, should I deck him? And then I walked away, just like replaying the scene in my head, thinking like I should have totally done something, and I didn't do anything. So I was really mad, and I. I was like, I didn't feel like a man for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's problematic. good. Though. I, feel like, like, yeah, I, was... I mean, I feel, I feel like the, I like, I mean, I guess to some degree, like, you know, I always like, well, okay, I guess I have actually almost fought people before, but I don't think I've ever like, you know, actually done anything bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, I feel you. It's like in the moment, it's hard to fully, you know, Gage will have him like but like he like obviously yeah. did it on purpose which like i don't know that's pretty funny, right you know i looked at him in the eye and me being like i said i'm i'm a very you know worldly saintly person i looked at him in the eye and i felt <laughs> nothing but <laughs> compassion and no i didn't I, it was like when i asked him are you okay it was like a mix of like compassion and absolute hatred Cause there was like there was like an angel and devil on my shoulder. The, one of them was like saying like, "Oh, he's probably drunk," or like he's like he's like a messed up kid. That's why he's walking alone on Telegraph with a black hoodie and spitting on people. And then there's like a devil on my face. That, I mean, on my other shoulder, that was just like, "Yeah, you should beat the shit out of him, dude." Yeah, and like, those are like the people who are just like literally insane at this point. And I'm just like, you can't you can't really reason with people anymore. Like they just like. I mean, I know yeah. there's like the saying, you know, you can't argue with like an idiot because those like drag you down to their level and like, you know, say some bolt beyond just like a whole nother planet. And like that guy's mm-hmm. like definitely in that territory. And it's just like, yeah, you can't even, there's nothing, there's no redeeming qualities about that kind of mindset. So when I looked at him and I kept repeating, like, are you okay, man? I was, <laughs> I was obviously very angry and that's why I kept repeating it. Like it wasn't, I wasn't trying to have a dialogue. It was mostly just like, it was like a, like I said, it was like a mix of like trying to be understanding of what this guy, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like maybe he's drunk, but it was also like absolute anger in the moment. And I kept saying, are you okay? And he kept saying, I'm not accommodating anybody. And I was just like, who the fuck are you accommodating? You're not even wearing a mask. If anything, I'm accommodating you. Cause I was walking around with a mask 
and you just spat in my face, dude. So, yeah, again, I started, I started overanalyzing the situation, and like, and like, my hands just wouldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't free my hands, you know. Otherwise, otherwise, he would have caught him pretty hard. I, I would say, but um, yeah, we we looked at each other. We had that weird exchange, and then we both walked our separate ways. And um, I wish him the very best. Sheesh. I hope he get. I hope he gets fucking shot, dude. Um, <laughs> like this is the most wildest thing ever. Like, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Weird, yeah. Like bad things that happen, like that, where you don't see the reason behind it. It feels weird, but I've gotten over it, especially because. Okay, so let's get back to the main point. I got tested on Monday, um, and then Tuesday I got spat on. So, so then I had a sore throat throughout the week. And even though I got the test results back that said negative and I, I still had a sore throat. So I was paranoid that this dude's like weak ass, dry ass mouth that did spit at my face. Um, I was worried that even though he only like, you know, spat a little bit on my face, it might be enough to infect me or some shit. So I was going on like sci-fi zombie apocalyptic paranoia territory. So I was like staying in all week, but then I'm fully, I'm feeling great today, like in terms of my body. So I'm oh, happy. Yeah. It's good to hear. So, yeah. Rona free since, since uh, 90. Well, I guess it doesn't rhyme. Well, right. Like Rona three since 93, but I guess it's Rona free since 98. So yeah, 93. <laughs> I'm nine, I'm 96. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm not, I'm not that old. Yeah. 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 Dude, 93, they'd be like, that's like 27-year-olds. Those are real grown-ass yeah. adults at that point. Those are people who are, yeah, who are probably trying to buy houses and shit now. I don't know. Yeah, for real. I don't know what you would be doing at 28, 20-something 20 that late. Feels like a whole different ball game. Yeah. It's about to, yeah. Um, settle down. Yeah. Okay. Um, let, uh, sorry. And then... I'm just finished with this. So yeah, I, I'm feeling great today. Hung out with my friend, uh, bought some weed, and I feel like Congrats. a champion. You know, <laughs> every time I exit a weed transaction, even though it's not with a drug dealer, I feel really hardcore. You know, <laughs> really, Don't I know feel why. the exact opposite. You feel pathetic. I feel. I feel really well. I don't. I don't know if I personally feel pathetic. I. I feel like. Okay, so I, like whenever I buy weed, it's usually at like these like bougie ass like hipster, yeah, you know, like weed boutiques almost. And I'm just like, this is some like this is some actual <laughs> bullshit, you know? Because if you think about how many people we've put behind bars for because that of weed, and like mm -hmm. you know what weed like the war on drugs has been kind of like weaponized to target like black people and like Hispanic people, and now now I just see this like white guy like white hippie ass looking motherfucker with like a man bun and, like a beard. You're like, oh, yeah. well, you like to try some some artisan artisan gummies today, sir? I'm like, man, go fuck yourself, you know? It's... Wouldn't it be funny if some like gangster ass looking dude like standing on the corner was like, hey, yo, you want some weed? And you and you're like, yeah, sure, man. And then like he opened his like hoodie and he's just like, yeah, I got all sorts of flavors. Like, you want some like what, watermelon sour or something? <laughs> and he starts yeah, that was pretty funny. like the guy with the man bun. He's like, yeah. He's from hey, farm. I, I date that. Fuck, you know, like I feel like it's just. <laughs> I mean, I'd be totally down with that. It's just the it's, 
I guess to some degree it's identity politics, but like you can't be like yeah. you can't be ignorant of the fact that you know, like the criminalization of weed has just like like you know really just ruined so many people's lives, and now we're just gonna have a white people monetizing off of it. Like it's pretty fucked, you know. Yeah, I try. I I don't think much about that when I'm inside the store because I'm more um, I'm more fascinated by how absolutely out of this world they design dispensaries to be like you know they always look like like high they're always high security and they and then the inside always looks like like some hotel lobby or like a science lab or something and it's never just like a weed shop it's it's just always it's like you said it's like they're, they're trying really hard to look like a boutique and like all fancy and shit which i never felt was necessary yeah, I think I just that's the part that pisses me off the most because it's just like it's so excessive. It's just like yeah. you're trying like it's like it'd be like if they legalized crack, you know, like yeah. tomorrow. And then, you know, like I guess like the stereotype of crack is like, you know, you know, hillbillies or people who don't have money to like afford a cocaine, I guess. You know, right? But and like find they, ways to make it look a th- like right. like a certain well, look. I guess what I'm saying is like like crack is usually just like associated with like the poor or uh, people mm-hmm. who are on hard times and it's kind of like used by like police and like law enforcement to kind of like right they like to crack down on yeah people, like yeah. plant crack on people's right it's just kind of like oh like what do you got in the car i, I think i smell something i think i you know you're looking a little crazy today let me check and then we're gonna we're gonna do a 180 and be like oh welcome to welcome to chipotle what do you like some crack you know what I'm saying? It's like, crack. Yeah, it's like this shit is it's kind of fucked. It's just... uh, yeah, this one's called Old Country. Yeah, uh, this one's <laughs> called uh West Virginia. <laughs> this one's called my <laughs> my step cousin. <laughs> this one's called Right. And then, and then the people I, I <laughs> Right, it's like the people who and on hillbilly culture. Know, I guess like the people who are selling it now, like who are selling weed now are like people of means, right? So like open up a store. Yeah that nice obviously you need to have the funds and mm-hmm. just, it's just it's just furthering the the wealth gap and it's just, it's okay wait, of... wait i mean how funny would it be if you had like some crack like that was all like you know polished up in a in a nice like steel oh, yeah. container I got, the, I got i got the walter white blue crack feel yeah <laughs> or and, like i was like thinking how funny would it be if it was called like nascar 9000 or some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I guess what, what yeah. would it be called? It'd be called uh, what? What do conservatives even like these days? I don't even know. The the Make America. I don't know. I crack. just I just know I just know it's like a stereotype that people from the South are like obsessed with NASCAR. So I was yeah. like, oh, it would be funny if they had crack named like NASCAR. Um, oh, bro, bro, it's it's got to be the Trump twenty twenty crack. You feel it's Trump twenty twenty? <laughs> yeah, it comes with a Trump hat, MAGA. Yeah, yeah, complimentary Dude. MAGA hat. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway <laughs> would you like to talk more about drugs because i always welcome that uh i'm down um, well, if I, not I we can talk about read, others well i have one last thing I, I read something interesting the other day um i think they they finally found like the the mechanism of which like lsd is uh using your brain which was like surprising to me i'm like we've had this thing you know for I don't know the exact number of years, but definitely we've had this thing for like at least 40 years now. I think it was the 70s when they found LSD, maybe yeah. possibly earlier. So, you know, at least 40 years we've had this thing. 
And because of Zen, like so stigmatized, we've never researched it, right? Which I think is kind of crazy because it's, you think, oh, wow, this drug that like I take that like kind of like literally blows my mind and is amazing or like or amazing and wild, like, you know, immediately we slap on like, oh, no, that's a bad thing. We, we don't want that. That's, that's uh, against the status quo. So we're going to outlaw it and we're not going to research it at all. You know, now, now we're finally coming around to like, okay, maybe there's positives to these like drugs like shrooms are being researched for I mean, depression. That's only because like, like cool. rich people, it's only because rich people are finally like, you know, out of ideas and they're, they're, they're starting to use it. Right. I mean, I heard, isn't that like a thing where people in tech companies are like microdosing on drugs and shit like that? I mean, yeah, this maybe. is my I mean, uninformed question. I don't know, like, I don't know what is causing the, the movement in terms of kind of the destigmatization of drugs. But I just think it's fucked that, you know, we didn't even consider researching these things earlier. And, right, like, okay, let's just think about, like, before, like, yeah, before you yeah. criminalize something, why don't you actually right, right. look at the science? Like, if you're in a video game and you take something that, like, oh, you find a potion that, like, we're just, like, whatever, just, like, humor me. Like, open world, you have you find, like, a potion or some shit that, like, you know, flips your vision upside down. You'd be like, well, that's kind of crazy. You know, it's like, I wonder how it does that. It's like, no, like, we're just gonna be like, no, we don't want that at all. Like, this is useless. This is terrible. This is bad. This is actively evil. You know, so we're just gonna outlaw it. I was like, but like, what if you could figure out a way to like, turn that potion into like something crazy and like good and make it better and have it be something useful, you know, which I don't know. Yeah. It, just, it seems like it doesn't seem logical for me to that that wasn't what happened, but at least we're we're finally turning the corner now. I don't know. I think um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm always excited to hear that more drugs are legalized. I guess it might just be because I'm I'm a, I'm a recent college student and I don't know. I'm fucking bored. So yeah. Yeah, well, that, that was my last thing about drugs. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really big into drugs. You're not, yeah, you're no. not gonna like pull up like 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 a whiteboard that you've been drawing on this whole time, and you're like, <laughs> this is why cocaine needs to be legal. Like, I, okay, all right, that's fine. That's cool, bro. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I still think I think it's just like there's something about being able to buy drugs or like buy alcohol even that me being the young whippersnapper that i am still makes me feel kind of cool bro you're literally I know it's like, a year and a half younger than me i know but like being like 22 <laughs> and a half and just like going out there and just going like hey you know i want i want some weed and then you just get it you just walk in the street in the dark yeah. and you're like there's something about it that feels kind of kind of cool even though there's nothing cool about going to a hipster ass boutique place where they're literally just peddling like the most expensive shit to it's not even that young, expensive, though. dumb college students it's it's like kind it's of expensive really well i guess it depends on what you get i, I spent like a hundred on weed you spent a hundred holy yeah shit. That get? was after that was after the the the, 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 the discounts, you know. Like, uh, I got like two cartridges and a pack of gummies. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, I could buy I could breakfast. buy steak dinner for a whole fucking week, dude. Like, what the fuck? Actually, I can't. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know how prices. much? You know how many uh, Doritos I could buy with a hundred dollars? I used to do this stupid thing in high school where I was trying to be—I was trying to be funny, but at the same time, I was like trying to express that I'm poor. I think, <laughs> but I used to compare outrageous, egregious prices to how many Big Macs I could buy. I feel that, and no, that's real. No matter I feel what, like it helps you make decisions, you know. Yeah, it's but in terms like, of I, Big Macs. No, yeah, I used to do the same thing. It was a Chipotle burritos. I'm like, oh. okay, this, this is this is like twelve Chipotle burritos, right? Which is like roughly a hundred bucks. Is that really yeah. only worth twelve Chipotle burritos? And if it like was, I'm like, all right, I'll buy it. If it wasn't, I'm like, nah. <laughs> you know. I I I think I remember why I started doing that though. It's because my parents are very like. Uh, we 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 we're not going to shut up about how traditional Asian my parents are, but um, they're like you know how some some Asian parents are very like frugal and they try to think of things in terms of utility and like um in terms of resources. So my parents would always like whenever I buy something, they'll compare it to something that they know from Chinatown, and then be like, ah, oh, this this is how you got scammed or something like that. So I would like I would literally I, if I bought like a hamburger. They'd be like, how much was it? And I was like, you you know, if you go to like any American like restaurant, it's like a hamburger, a decent one is probably like what, seven, eight bucks. I would say that. And they'd be like, do you know how many toss you bow that is? And I'm like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck, man? I don't give a fuck, dude. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it started from there, I think. Just the, the comparisons to absurd like other measurements. Just like, wow. Yeah, I guess my, par- my parents never did that, but... um. I don't know. I always had this thing when I was younger where I felt really bad about using my parents' money, period. Yeah. So I, I just like would like never ask for shit or like never, you know, ask to go out to school. I guess like when I was a kid, we used to I just ask like, hey, can we go to Applebee's? You know, I used to love Applebee's. <laughs> but I was Applebee's like, is not that of, like, expensive. Yeah, and it's like pretty decent, you know. I mean, at least by my standards, I know like mm-hmm. a lot of people people at Carlton shit on Applebee's. I'm like, yo, yeah, I went to the Applebee's or they're like you and they were like, you went to Applebee's? I'm like, yeah, bro, I love Applebee's. <laughs> and they look look down on me, kind of like, was that judgmental eye? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget. I go to school with a bunch of rich white kids. <laughs> when when I was in a Carlton's Queens of Comedy group, we would go to Applebee's as a tradition to um, decide on people to to add to our group. And I I don't know. I think I think the I like it's 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 like self not self-deprecating is it's not really ironic either but it's kind of like it's supposed to be humorous like you go to like a supposedly shitty place to do something like that but i don't know i i don't know applebee's just seems kind of like a generic american diner chain that i mean there's nothing really to complain about mm-hmm. so yeah i I don't know what these people used to eat before going to college, like caviar for, for, for breakfast Dude, or some shit. Ass. Yeah. Like, I feel like the food at Carlton was pretty good, you know, like it was fine. I yeah. just like most standards. It's like decent. And, like there's some kids who would literally be complaining every fucking day. And I'm just like, I really want to just slap some, like literally just want to like slap them. You know, I'm just like, you need to shut the fuck up, bro. Just throw a piece <laughs> of chicken breast across the room. Like, <laughs> yeah, just knock your smack use, on use their chicken face. breast. Like, <laughs> yeah, they got to go to yeah, class probably, with probably like a red, yeah, <laughs> with the red chicken breast shape uh, mark on the their eyeball. Yeah, driest chicken breast you can find. Just, I know. think <laughs> what made me sad was always that like people would openly talk shit about it and the chefs were literally just like 
there. So it's like, yeah. you know, you got these, yeah. you got these like lower working middle class. I mean, not middle class, like, you know, working class people who are serving, you know, college students working in the food, any part of the food industry is already really crappy. And, and these kids are just like, <laughs> they just flood in and start talking shit about it. it. It must feel really horrible. Then again, I'm making, I'm making this up. So I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they didn't give a shit. But I think if I was a chef and I had to deal with that, it would feel pretty horrible. Right. Well, did you I didn't work in the like, dining hall? No, I never did. I always thought oh, yeah. it was funny. I had this really rich friend who was an international student and, and um, his mom was like, like a board member of like some bank in China or some shit. And when he was a freshman, he got, you get, you know, when you apply for a work study, they just randomly assign jobs to you mm-hmm. unless yeah, a supervisor requests there. you. Yeah. I was a, I was in Donnie Hall my freshman year. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't feel, I don't, I don't laugh at your situation, but I laughed at his situation. Cause I was like, Oh, this is like, really funny role reversal because they just take like the richest kid and just put him with the shittiest job and and he had to like serve <laughs> chicken to us like poor financial aid kids and <laughs> i mean <laughs> low-key low the dining hall i think low-key like I, I really enjoy my time in the dining hall actually because it's kind of yeah. fun to just kind of turn your brain off and okay well i guess this is a slight tangent we we're moving away from the the fucked up classism of college dining halls into just i guess everyday college life but you know, it was, it was kind of fun to like turn your brain off and just like you know see see people, especially as like a freshman, right? You get to like mm-hmm. like briefly interact with a lot of people. Like, oh hey, what's up, man? It's like I nice see you again, you know, or stuff like that. And then you know we we have like a party at the end of every term. I'm like, no other no other work study has that. So yeah, time. the um the the dining hall people are like they treat each other like family. I think mm-hmm. like even. Like, I, I don't know. I always saw, like, the employees, they would always, like, banter and make crass jokes at each other and stuff, and I thought that was really funny. Maybe it's because yeah, I'm also it, from, like, a lower class, so I'm like, oh, I relate to that. <laughs> um, I Do I you remember... That, but... No, I mean, it's like, there's a certain, like, sense of humor, I think, that, and, like, a certain way of talking that they, they, they had that I noticed, and I was like, I felt familiar when I, when I would overhear that. So I never felt like a lot of pressure to act a certain way around them. And I think it's like, it, and it, it kind of, when you're in that circle, it kind of includes you into that sort of um, culture. And, and that culture is like, it's, it's very sort of, there's le- it feels like there's less filters. It feels like there's less like expectations to be like polite or well-behaved or something. It's just kind of like, yeah, you can just be yourself. I'm I'm probably bullshitting now. Um, I was gonna <laughs> yeah, say I, mean, I can see that. Sure, yeah. I was gonna say, do you do you remember like I I'm I think you I think I linked you one of my one of my queens of comedy sets. I I did make fun of Carlton students for that because I was like, I was like I I love how Carlton students will like talk mad shit about the dining hall chicken breasts like all year round, but I was like this is also the only place where like people will set the fire alarm off like two times a week because they don't know how to fucking microwave popcorn. <laughs> and I was like dead ass serious. I was like, you can't roast somebody for, for making bad chicken breasts for 2000 kids. If those 2000 kids also on the same night will set a fucking like building on fire because, because popcorn kernels are going like incorrectly or something. 
and yeah, I, I stand real. by that. I really yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone. I mean, I think it's for like, you know, in line with Carlton, Carlton ethos. I guess I think everyone as a freshman, regardless, should just have an assigned like kind of shitty job. Yeah, well, at least like for the first term, you know, just to kind of have some perspective and gain some humility, you know, yeah. at the very least. Yeah, I always man. liked, um, you could tell, I could, sometimes I could tell what the mood of the dining hall workers were in. Cause it's one of those jobs where it's like you, even if you don't try to express it, your feelings kind of can show easily. Like I had one friend, you remember Daryl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he ended up being my roommate later on, but freshman year, he was a dining hall worker and I could tell when he was in a good or bad mood. Cause when he was in a good mood, I'd just be like, Hey, what's up, Daryl? And he'd be like, what's up? What do you want? And that was chill. And then in a bad mood, I'd be like, hey, Daryl, can I get some of the noodles? He'd literally just like take the fattest scoop and Dude, slop yeah, it yeah. on my plate. <laughs> I gotta remember that. I remember that shit too. I'm like, I, I've had that happen to me. And I'm just like, yo, like, did I, did I say something wrong? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, the noodles are hanging. I don't wanna be rude, but like, could you, uh, could you fetch some chopsticks and, and fix that shit, bro? <laughs> was was Daryl uh, from a wealthy background or something? No, he's he's I, I don't think he's from a wealthy background. I don't think he's like broke or poor, but he's definitely not one of those people who's like from you know, old money or some shit. But I just thought it was funny. I was just saying, like, you know, it's easy it's one like the dining hall is one of those jobs where you can tell if someone's having a bad or a good day just by the way they serve you. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I think it also I mean, I don't know, I feel like it also has somehow like the kids who I go, well, this, is, this isn't true of all dining hall workers, but I feel like, you know, you kind of are forced to always be positive. Um, I guess you feel compelled to, yeah. Right? You be, you be like, it's like you're cocked into just being like a, a good, right? Because Carlton students are generally pretty diligent at their job in general, I'd, I'd say. So, you know, if yeah. your role is to be a dining hall server, you're, you're going to try to be a good dining hall server. So I'd say like, even was... like, like people Sorry, who, you know, aren't aren't like, naturally outgoing kind of kind of get a you know they get better at just being positive i think the service yeah service jobs are one of those things that like you unless you know some people are like daryl who will just be like they don't even they either don't give a fuck or they're willing to be chill for for the day but like a lot of people in service work tend to yeah get like coaxed into that sort of a smile and be be peppy sort of mentality for sure. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, this is after you graduated. I think some kid, um, like a freshman after you graduated, he got, he worked in the dining hall and he was so amazingly positive that it was frightening. Like I'd just be <laughs> like, like, and he would hold the lineup cause he would talk too fucking much, but it was like a positive thing, you know? Cause we'd be like, Hey, can I get some of the Brussels sprouts? And he'd be like, Brussels sprouts, green and like I can't even I can't even like imitate his positivity. He'd just be like, you know, Brussels sprouts, green and shiny and and savory or some shit like that, you know. And I was like, this guy's like a fucking like nineteen seventies like radio like you know radio caster or something with the way he's talking. And I was I was so like shook by his positivity. I always smiled and enjoyed it, but I didn't want to encourage it i didn't say like hey you know good job for being positive 
because it was too positive. I didn't want to encourage right. it. He could have just been fucking with everybody. <laughs> yeah. I knew yeah. I, I had a feeling he was fucking with somebody because I was like, there's no way someone's this positive working in this sort of gig. And and then like two years later, I think I was a senior by then. <laughs> I'd be like, we would I would he was still working on the dining hall for some reason, but he was way, way more mellowed out now. And it's like it wasn't like he was depressed, but he was he started out so high that like now that he mellowed out and and became normal it just looks it just looks so drastic like uh, the change and i was like yep it, it finally hit him dude it's a burnout yeah yeah <laughs> and just trying to imagine that times like 40 years right like some people times 40 years have, yeah. have to work there for 40 years which and you know i mean that's like the thing you know it's it's not like their job is any less i mean okay like obviously like they're not raking they're not like adding you know millions of dollars in value to the economy but like you know everyone has a job like every job needs to be done right and it's like someone has to do their job and so i like i feel like they yeah. like people just deserve you know the same amount of respect or like the same amount of dignity you know regardless of job because it's like you know someone has to do it and it's not like, I mean, I, I feel like we just have like this, maybe it's like an Asian thing, you know, where it's just like, I guess like, or at least my parents were always like, oh, you better, you better not be a fucking garbage man or some shit, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, but like garbage men, like they do a good job, you know, like. They make banks too. Uh, yeah, it's a job not a lot of people want to do. So, you know, it's, and they serve a very important function. Yeah. But. I, um, and this is how I know, this is how, this is. How I know I was destined to be a fucking joke of a person is whenever people told me shit like that, I wanted to do that job. Like, <laughs> like all the jobs that were like borderline trollish or kind of like, you know, on the outskirts of society and you, your parents tell you like, you're not going to get respected for it. I'd be like, huh, you know, it'd be kind of funny if I ended up doing that job. So <laughs> it was one point where I was like, I wasn't seriously contemplating it, but I was kind of like, oh, it'd be funny if I dropped out of college and became a plumber. Cause I think I had that same kind of feeling at times. Cause it, yeah. it almost feels for me, it almost felt like an escape. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, there's just like so much pressure to like succeed, especially in like high school and it's college. Not, I, but I it's say. not just escape. It's like rebellion too. Yeah, no, I think it's like the same thing though. It's like, it's like you're on this track right throughout high school. Okay. I got to get grades throughout college. You got to, you know, focus on like yeah. high paying career potential. And it's like, you know, but maybe you don't really like it. Maybe it feels like a fucking trap. And it's like, what if I just like dropped out and like became like a Chipotle worker, you know, work at Chipotle, get free burritos. Mm-hmm. It's pretty legit. You know, it's, I feel that it's kind of like the, like fuck the man kind of deal, you know, it's a subversive element to it. Yeah. I think it wouldn't, I wouldn't have actually enjoyed it if I dropped out and became a plumber. I just like conceptually, thinking about it because i was always telling people like oh you know i could i could be that plumber who makes a decent amount of money and then i could like always make fun of my customers <laughs> it's like walk into oh, a toilet oh look Mrs. at the Jenkins. toilet you look again. at the guy yeah look at the toilet <laughs> look at the guy and be like you did this and then <laughs> i mean obviously that's not how plumbers operate but like i was like in my head i was like oh the idea of being that type of plumber would be hilarious I think for me, though, it's like 
this might be why I'm so depressed now. It's just, <laughs> it was like in college, it was funny being like the pathetic loser-esque sort of role in, in the community because you're going to a prestigious college. So it was like kind of funny because it was like, oh, I go to a great college. I mean, it's like it's top nine. You you can think what you want, but like, you know, you're not you're not uscolleges.com. So I'm going to go with (laughs) uscolleges.com. It's look, the the point is, it's like it it was for me, it was like funny to be a part of that community that was like, oh, we're like a top ranking college. But at the same time, it's like, oh, what does Warren do at this top ranking college? Uh, Not really anything. He kind of just fucking like drinks and. (laughs) and works out and then um makes jokes about penises and i was like that's funny oh by the way he majored in philosophy and i was like that that all kind of like came together in a funny way to me but now it's like i don't have like a prestigious prestigious quote-unquote community to be a part of and i just have the pathetic elements so it's like i'm looking at myself like man the joke kind of falls flat now (laughs) like there's no contrast to it you know yeah, damn. I don't know what to say about that one. <laughs> Sorry, that was like a lot of meta analysis. I think Carlton definitely does kind of have that contrast. So, like you say, where you know, Carlton's like, "LOL, I'm so chill. I, I you know, I, I wait until the last second to do shit." You know, oh, LOL, I'm majoring in art history or whatever. And but at the same yeah. time, you know, like you know, those people aren't on the fucking grind. You know, just trying to make connections, trying to trying to call people. You don't think they are? Um. I think some of them are. Uh, some of yeah, them I feel probably like are like of... me. No, man. I well, I mean, I don't know. We, we majored in different things. All the chem, all the STEM majors I knew were were on the fucking grind. And uh, yeah, you know, that to, makes sense. Trying to, trying to make it. So yeah, and, like all the all the policy <clears throat> majors too. I mean, I don't know. I feel like just Carlton kind of has that weird like ethic of you know we we like to believe we're all chill and shit, but like, you know we also work really fucking hard. Yeah, it's um. It's it's the contrast, you know. People like people like being in a certain environment, but also having an image that kind of subverts that image. I mean that that environment because it makes it it gives you this feeling like oh I have more dimension to my character, you know, like going to a highly competitive academically competitive college. But then also saying like, oh, we have a chill culture. It's it's a little subversive, so it makes you more interesting to the outsiders. Yeah, and I think that was kind of one of the draws that I had, or yeah, that drew me when I applied because I well, I was going to be pre med, but I was like, I don't want to be in a cutthroat environment. And Carlton is supposedly you know pretty chill, so I'm like, oh okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to Carlton. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. To, like, I feel like what you, what you're just saying right now. I would say like most people, you know, don't actually, I feel like most people just do what's in front of them and they don't really think about where they're, where they are. But I think, like, yeah. you know, because you have, you have like not that much to do in front of you right now, you're starting to think about where you are Then that. I feel like that can lead to some pretty negative thoughts pretty quickly, regardless of where you are. Yeah. Um, can you elaborate more on this? What do you mean? <laughs> um so sure. I, guess, I guess getting personal i mean you know i think for me personally i always have like some degree of existential dread or like unhappiness um but that's i think healthy. it's necessary yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well i mean I, I genuinely believe it's necessary because it's what drives you forward right it's like if you were perfectly happy with where you are you would never change and you know i think especially when you're young 
not, not changing is it's not a good thing. So, but, you know, I think like to, to kind of distract myself from that existential dread of like, Oh my God, I'm doing nothing with my life. I, you know, like the circumstances I was born in are just not conducive towards just living the life I want to live, et cetera, et cetera. Starting to think about who I am, starting to think about how others perceive me. It's just like, it's just a negative spiral. Yeah. Right. But if I was to just look directly at what's in front of me, be like, okay, here's, this is my job. I want to be right. It's like, it's like the Will Smith quote, you know, it's like when you're building a house, you don't think you don't like, you don't like put a brick down and then like back up 20 feet. And like, All right. How was that brick? Is it going to fit this way? Et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's like you, you yeah. lay the brick as well as you can. Then you lay the next one as well as you can keep on laying bricks right. and eventually you have a house. It's, so it's um, like if you can focus on yeah. what's directly in front of you and just be like really good at what's, it's kind of like distracting yourself. You know, you're like distracting yourself from the dread by just controlling what you can't control to the best of your abilities. I think um, that's one of those, that's one of those like positive sort of vibe things that I hear and I immediately go, oh, that's a little bullshit. But then it's like, I'll listen to it again and I'll be like, oh, that kind of makes sense. So I just went in like a fucking circle with what I'm saying. But I get like <laughs> my, my opinion of like positivity and like positive quotes and, and, and all those like sort of I don't, life I don't think there's any, things. I don't think there's anything positive about that. Like, honestly, I don't think there's like that entire picture what, like, is just like kind of sad. Well, that, well like, like the Will Smith quote, he's telling you to like, if you're trying to build a house, you don't, you don't, you don't like put one brick down and then look at, look at where the brick is placed. You just like keep putting the bricks down until you have like a complete house. Right. Yeah. Isn't well, that what you were saying? Sure. Yeah. That's kind of what I was saying. But I was also saying like, you know, to kind of distract myself from the unhappiness, I just like do what I can, which, you know, a lot yeah. of times isn't even that much. It's kind of just like the best I can do to escape a bad the best I can use to escape bad bad thoughts is to distract myself, and that's I don't think that's a particularly. I don't think that's thought. what Will Smith was trying to say, though, with his. Yeah, with his I don't quote. think so either. I was just trying to just say something that kind of could visually yeah. kind of put what I'm saying into. I think you know. I think like what you're saying is like a is both like a in personal interpretation and like a and a and a very valid concern, which is what I was trying to get at, which is like there's a lot of these positive vibes like quotes and advice from celebrities and stuff who you know i don't really know their personal life but i respect the fact that you know a lot of them probably came from nothing or probably had to struggle to get where they are but these are like bible verses for atheists or something like like it's like it's 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 basically it's not saying that god will will do something good for you as long as you remain faithful but it's saying like oh you just got to stay on the grind and 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 something will come out of it which is like okay but that's not always a good thing like and then we go to what you're saying where you're saying like you know a lot of people are probably just trying to fill some void in them by by constantly stacking bricks and and not evaluating what the hell it is they're building until it's too late and it's like you build trump's wall dude like good job like i don't know i don't know <laughs> but like you know what i'm saying like you understand, like, because that's what you were saying too. Is like you don't want to const- you don't want to just be like head down and, and working, even though it feels like it's like a in the moment like sort of cure for existential dread. Because existential dread is supposed to give you like some sort of guiding um, force. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. I, I'd say that's, that's a decently accurate interpretation of what I think I'm trying to convey. Um, I'd say also, so I guess two things, you know, I think, I think one, I think there are just a lot of people who don't even think to that level. I think there's a lot of people who kind of just are content, content to kind of jump through the hoops. You know, yeah. like there's this one engineering intern. <laughs> uh, so I, I work in the office. Sorry, should I, should I bring my, sorry, let me just cut in. Should I bring my hoodie back up? I feel like I'm showing a little too much shoulder on the stream. Oh, well, no one, no one else can see your shoulder. So I know I was like, I'm, I'm, I was talking about you, but you know, you know it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Go on. It's <laughs> just being weird. Why, why do you why do you always do shit like that? Okay, whatever. Anyways. I just like <laughs> fucking with you. I'm sorry. Like I'm this this is my role in this in this podcast. I'm the idiot. I play the fool and and you know, you're this is what you wanted, all right? I play the fool and you're supposed to be this like is, you're this an is idiot. not this is not what I wanted, but okay. This is not what you wanted. You wanted me no. to be the educated smart man cuz I can go back to college for four more years and do something else. I mean, I, I thought know. I thought we were just gonna just be talking, you know. We are talking, but, you know. Just, yeah. just whatever. Fuck. Why do we always? We always get to this point where we start getting really meta about our conversation, and then I'm like, dude, what? Sorry, sorry. Just, just go on. Forget about my shoulder. All right. I'm yeah. Not so, so there's this guy who um, who's in the uh, engineering department, and I work opposite of. And you know, so we uh, the applications for this. Uh, so the company I work for, they have these things called. Um, it's like technical slash operational management development programs. It's like a three-year rotation. It's a pretty sweet gig, honestly. It's, you know, you do one year. They kind of like guide you through the entire wine, like process, like start to finish. So you start off as like a harvest team lead. So you're like, you're on the ground working with, um, working with, you know, like laborers, uh, harvesting grapes and kind of like moving. I mean, you know, not like picking grapes. You're like the truck will dump grapes and then you're serving some sort of process so you're basically learning about, you know, what happens to the grapes that come in. And then your second rotation is in sales. Um, so from your first rotation, you basically learn how we turn grapes into wine. And then the second rotation is you learn how, how wine turns into like how we, how we go from uh, the like the plant to the consumer because you're in sales. And then the third yeah. rotation is kind of like your choice. You can be more technical, be more uh, management, like people management. So you get to like basically see, a broad overview of the entire company. Then afterwards, you're basically set up for like a cushy management position, and you'll be like basically set for life at that point, money wise. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, so I was talking, you know, I was talking to them like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I really want to apply to this because you know the Central Valley is not really where I want to be. I'm like, what about you? He's like, yeah, I'm thinking about applying. I don't know about uh, if I want to do technical operations. So I'm like, oh well, like, you know, I guess what do you like to do, or like what what's holding you up? He's like. You know, I don't know, you know, like, I, I guess I see like one end, I like this, but on the other end, I don't. And I'm like, okay, well, like, why do you, why do you think you like those things? It's like, I don't know. you know, basically what I'm trying to say is this guy like had no idea really what he liked or like what he really even wanted out of the experience. He kind of just thought it was a good thing to do. So he's going to do it. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's like, I don't know. That's kind of in contrast to what, how I usually think about things. Usually, like if I want to do something, I usually have a pretty good reason as to why I want to do something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there's people who just operate on like entirely different wavelengths, you know, from you and me, I guess. And, uh, but I mean, that doesn't make it any less good. I mean, he seems like a pretty happy guy. Like he seems like he's where he wants to be. 
Yeah. Um, I always judge people like this. And I think it's because I'm projecting my inner feelings because like you, like you said, we're, I'm the type of person who likes to also think about what I do and feel like there's something meaningful about it. And it has to feel like a job that gets, that makes me feel respected. Ironically, this is also, this is also the same person who said he was willing to be a plumber. Um, <laughs> but when I hear yeah, people that, who are there's just a reason for that, because you wanted to be like subversive and like kind of, you yeah. know, cut away from the like normal shit of trying to make it to the top or whatever. And uh, yeah. And I'm sure when shit hit the fan with that job, I would literally just shit. I would quit. I, I was like trying to think how many shit jokes can I put in one sentence? And then I was like, this is already a shit joke. Sorry. Anyway, um, where was I? I think whenever I hear people who are really comfortable with their jobs already, I like my first gut instinct is, is like judgment because I'm the, also the type of guy who's like, ah, oh, you got to find something meaningful that like that uplifts you and stuff. But then after a while, I'm also kind of like, you know what? These people, they're probably happy because they have some sort of outside life, you know, some some life outside of their job that that gives them a lot of meaning. Like uh, I knew a lot of people who were, who were working in, in tech, right? Because I, I interned in a in a startup company in tech, and some of the people I hung out with, like they have very interesting lives outside of um, the job. And even though the job can seem dull, they have very interesting lives. And if they don't they still have alcohol, so there's that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I grant that, you know, maybe maybe some people just don't want the the same things as me. They don't they don't need to feel like what they do is their identity, and therefore their identity has to be something meaningful. I don't. I grant that, you know, some people just see life as like, you know, something you can have something that pays the bills, and then you can like have a garage band on Sundays, and that's life. I think for me, it's just like always thinking. Um, I always feel like I'm, I have like someone whispering in my ear, like, this is how you're going to live and this is how you're going to die. And I'm just like, God fucking damn it. Why can't you just, why can't you just let me flip my burgers in peace? Like, yeah. Right, so right, yeah. I can't, I can't sit. It's that, with, it's like, that like anxiety, jobs. right? It's just like that, that head over your own head, kind of judging yourself. Like you're seeing yeah. yourself and then you're judging it. And that kind of leads to that kind of anxiety. Yeah. And I think like I could be, I could be like in a highly successful corporate job where like, you know, like you said, you set for life, you can technically get all the material goods you want and maybe even like take a couple of uh, meditation classes to enhance your spiritual ones too. But I would still feel kind of like, uh, I could have pursued something more artistic or, uh, I could have went back to school and went to grad school or like there's, there's always going to be that feeling where it's like, I don't want to settle for too long. Cause again, this is how you're going to live and this is how you're going to fucking die. It's like, I don't yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess stepping away from, you know, just strictly personal and I guess like feelings about this, I think also we have to acknowledge like in America, like work culture is kind of shit compared to like other countries. Right. You know, I think there's like a stereotype of how like Americans are like all work, work, work and like no play compared to like mm-hmm. Europe where, you know, is they work it's like they treat it more like like you said this work is work you know so it's like they have like a cool maybe cool job maybe not you know they work and then they have like a lot of fun doing other shit because it's europe you know so yeah 
And I think there are definitely um, other ways to live. There are certainly more jobs that kind of I think are starting to become more accommodating to that. I think for like there, it's not just work, 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 work until you die and then not feel like you've done anything. Like there's probably a lot of jobs, but they're they're taken up by certain people, certain privileged people. So it's like there are jobs where you 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 can work and then you have your off time and you can get like shit faced and you can live your life and all that for sure. But I don't know, man. I come from a long line of farmers and like literally my parents were farmers. So I guess me too. My dad was a for me. Yeah, for me coming here, I was like, I just have no vision of what the fuck I want to do because I'm not going back. I'm not hopping on that tractor, that's for sure. Like, that was pretty much, that's like, that was pretty much all I knew. It's just like my, my parents, my parents took me here and they're basically like, you know, you, you should just get an office job. And I was like, I guess, because I don't know any better. But then like once, once I hit like this age where I was interning and taking office jobs, I was like, I fucking hate it. So... <laughs> Now I'm like, yeah. now I'm unemployed and I want an office job because then it's like, at least I'll right. feel like I'll be productive. It's, it's like a weird, like vicious cultural, like, um, battle, you know, there's like, there's like the, the American side of me. That's like, Oh, I know this is bad for me and I want to live a fulfilling life. And then there's like another side of me that's just like, I just want a job and I want the reputation and I want a place to be really productive and, and like work until I die. Like it's, it's weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I feel hundred. Well, I guess I feel less of the desire. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think I gave up on the the meaningful job thing a little bit earlier than you. Yeah. Have. And I think like for a while now. Well, okay. Just, well, you're like 24, right? 23. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm like literally a year. You're, and a, half you're a little bit ahead of me. I I'm haven't given up ahead yet. of you. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking like basically as soon as I went to college. Like in high school, I'd say I was the same way. I felt like kind of trapped, you know, between, you know, it kind of felt like a rat race, right? Like people were trying to just get to the top, like go go into like, right? Like, okay, well, first of all, I think like probably the same thing was like Berkeley, but kids in Ann Arbor are like, are like driven as hell, you know, like even just going to like public school, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids go to like Ivy's every year, a lot of kids and I'm doing like cool shit, you know? So yeah, I felt like I was kind of trapped in all that. I'm like, oh well, fuck. I guess I have to do, have to be like successful, quote unquote, also in order to kind of fit in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I'm like, I want to do something meaningful. So it's like you kind of feel trapped because sometimes, even though you do something successful, like something that will give you like money and power, doesn't yeah. necessarily make you feel meaningful, right? So. I don't know. I think I've given up on the meaningful part and now because I think so I think what it was was you know like you said like people who are privileged get better jobs right and they have that because they're, they're in positions of power and they have that position of power I think what it comes down to is like money right like money is what drives yeah. capitalism so you need to have money in order to have like power and now I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of on that grind now you know where I'm just like alright fuck it I give up I'm just going to be on that grind and try to make money you know do you think people like jeff bezos like wake up in the morning and they're like fuck man i could have been a poet like <laughs> <laughs> well i think he he dead ass was just like oh i just want i want to sell books and uh, make the world a better place by selling books and then slowly he's like wait but i could i could also sell like bicycles 
And it's like, yeah. wait, but I could also just sell like everything and make a billion. I could also sell like everything, yeah. <laughs> Except uh, hair growth products, because I. <laughs> hey, he's rocking Sadly. it, man. Like he's looking, he's, he's looking like a super. Villain. Yeah, he's rocking it like like Luke's Lex Luthor, yeah. Yeah. If, if that's a thing, that's like. That that wasn't a compliment though. That's like if a girl got a nose job. I'm like, hey, you're rocking it like Michael Jackson. Like that's not, that's not a compliment. <laughs> like Jeff Bezos I mean, looks it's, freaky. It's making dude. the it's making the best of the situation, right? It's like, all right, fuck, I'm losing my hair. I might as well just shave it off, you know? Yeah, I know he's making so. the best of the situation, but like for some reason, his facial aesthetics plus his like absolute clean baldness, it's <laughs> it's not a wholesome look. It's maybe it's yeah. because yeah, maybe it's because his like reputation's been tarnished or something. Um, maybe I'm mad that, you know, Amazon hasn't delivered my, my fucking microphone yet, but it just looks unsettling. I don't know. Something about his like eyes or something too. It's like, it, like it stares past your, your fucking soul or something. Uh, anyway, I don't want to smear Jeff Bezos anymore. Cause I don't even, I'm not one of those guys who hates on him. I just thought I wanted to talk about his head a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note um i guess like a few final thoughts um yeah number one if you haven't seen molly's game on netflix i thought it was a pretty interesting movie just like just watch like the first six minutes and then like decide if you like it but it's a pretty fucking good are you book. telling me or the audience because uh, i'm both. not gonna i'm probably gonna not watch it because you know just how watch i am first six minutes it's literally six minutes and you'll like i'm like the same way you know whenever like on shit like you know, whenever I'm like on Netflix, I like spend like half an hour. Just I don't have like, Netflix, Chenchi. Like, can you oh please be considerate? <laughs> I'm broke. Oh my God, I know you yeah, work you at pay, a winery you for, and you you're like Spotify, but not and you're set for life, dude. Spotify I need my Joji. I need my I need Netflix my nine a.m. Joji. I need my nine a.m. Oh Joji. All right, I need to simp in the you morning can, before you the sun to your 9 rises. Joji was was like an ad every twenty minutes, and it'd be the same dude, how thing. Am I, how am I going to have a continuous stream of tears if, like, every five minutes, Spotify is trying to sell me some bullshit, okay? Like, I can't, I can't do it. I've tried. I tried in college, and it didn't work. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm just plugging Molly's, Molly's game. It's a pretty interesting movie. But I think it was kind of fucked. It's, like, it's kind of, it's kind of told of, like, the story of redemption. But, like, all I see is, is, is this white girl who, because of her, like, like status that she gained was allowed to like kind of subvert the justice system and i think it's kind of fucked i'm just like man fuck this movie you know wait so what is like tell me just enough that i would be interested in the plot and and the premise but not enough that i could identify any spoilers so basically the premise is um it's talking it's based on a true story so it's like this should actually happen um so there's this woman named molly bloom you can just like Wikipedia yeah. her, and she she for um, a number of years she ran like a really high stakes like like high high stakes like high status poker room, you know. So she'd have like celebrities and like millionaires and billionaires coming in and playing, you know. She so she personally was like kind of got rich off of that, and then she uh, you know she got busted by the FBI, and um, this but her story is kind of crazy. Like that's just like the premise. Her her personal story is quite a bit crazier than that. Like, you know, you can you can Wikipedia it. She, like she's, um, I guess I'm just not gonna spoil anything. But you know, you can. She has a pretty interesting story. Like the movie's like fun to watch just from like a story standpoint. 
kind of like how the Wolf of Wall Street's fun to watch from a story standpoint. But the the yeah. end message, I think, is kind of like it's kind of like just you know cutting cutting like kind of like stabbing you in the side was like a like a knife because it's kind of just like you know especially now if you just like think about okay well what if that what if that wasn't like a white woman who had like money you know like would would she be under the same principle or like you know just like kind of like, like capitalism you know or just like power like structures of power and like people with money who can just kind of get away with shit and it's like it's fucked you know i just i just don't like any of that you know i also have these feelings when i watch spongebob i just wanted to put that up there but i was also curious i don't think, I don't think you do i don't think you do actually when no i really do when i watch spongebob i'm like dude mr Krabs, this guy's a fucking it's like dude, shut the fuck up you no i'm being serious i'm being serious i am i'm trying i'm 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 being humorous but at the same time i am being serious because like when you watch spongebob as an adult you can't help but like overanalyze the elements of the story i'm serious and like I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you never got the chance to appreciate SpongeBob. I'm yeah, just saying. I, I didn't. I never really bought into the hype. I mean, I watched when I was a kid, but like, you know what's kind of weird? So my the summer of my junior year, or <laughs> I'm always totally outing a guy, but like, I don't think anyone who's going to listen to this podcast knows him, so it's fine. But the summer right. summer uh, of my junior year, so when I was doing my internship, you know, they they provided us housing if we wanted for like I think it was like six hundred or eight hundred dollars a month, and we'd have yeah. like a roommate. So, you know, roommate we'd work with and my roommate, you know, so granted, we're like the same age. We're both 20 or 21 years old at this point. <laughs> I think on like the first or second day, he told me how much he loves SpongeBob. And then like he, mm-hmm. he like, he would like dead as his watch SpongeBob, like in, in the living room, like unironically. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, shit, is this like some, is this like, is this just like no, what it's, 20 it's real. do now? It's <laughs> real. Like, what the yeah. fuck? So it's people cashing in on their nostalgia. Yeah, no, even though he, like, they're twenty, love SpongeBob. You know, so I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. Listen, it I'm was, not a SpongeBob. I'm not a SpongeBob fanatic. I only watched it a little bit as a kid because I, I never had enough money to actually like buy cable, but I watched it enough to be like, oh, it was a part of my childhood. But I'm still like, when I watch SpongeBob, I'm one of those people who's like, I feel nostalgia and also. As an adult, I start overanalyzing it because if you if you watch an episode of SpongeBob with an adult brain, you see Squidward. You're like, this is like, you know, there's 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 a video that a uh, YouTube video that analyzes this. But like, as an adult, when you watch it, you're like, oh, I'm Squidward. I'm the guy who's like in this dead end job working a nine to five, who is not amused by very many things, and I just want to go home. And then when you're watching it as a kid you identify with spongebob the guy who blows bubbles right, right. and has fun with everything and then you, you start looking at mr krabs the guy who only cares about money and it's like it's a very cartoonish picture of like these problems Society, with capitalism yeah, and all that yeah but for someone with limited brain capacity like me i'm like oh this is capitalism explained to me in in a nutshell <laughs> so this is what i mean by like i'm trying to be humorous but i'm also kind of serious when i look at spongebob i'm like i have those same feelings Obviously, I'm not like I don't hate Mr. Krabs though. Um, there was something I was going to say about nostalgia. Um, do you feel like you over nostalgicize this? Do you feel like you over romanticize the past? Um, that's a tough question. I'd say like 
I think overall I'd say no, but I think okay. there's also definitely parts of me where I'm like, you know, it, it just doesn't feel like I'm 24 yet. You know, I still think of myself as being young. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause well, I mean, I don't know. I think movies kind of mess me up because it's like you expect your youth to be a certain kind of way. And then when it's like not exactly that, you're like, oh, wow, I kind of wasted my youth. But like, yeah. it's, it's like I'm like nostalgic for like, like I wish I could like maybe redo parts of like my childhood a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. I think movies did kind of fuck me up too. I was going to say, it feels like a lot of people our age are very nostalgic about random things like you know we we like retro retro clothing we like spongebob even though we're like twice the age that we would normally watch it at we there's a lot of this on the internet especially you know so i'm not gonna list them all but i feel like i get nostalgic very easily as a person because i'm a i romanticize things especially the things of the past and I, I, I realized I was too nostalgic recently because I started missing middle school. I don't know if I told you this. <laughs> no, Did I tell you this? No. Okay. No, no. I started no. missing middle school. And I was like, damn, bro. Oh, those, I was like, those are the good days. And I was like, and then I was like, wait a minute. Nobody <laughs> should be saying, nobody <laughs> should be saying middle school was the good days. Like, you don't come, nobody comes out of middle school as a winner, is what I'm trying to say. So I was like, I know I'm being too nostalgic now. So. Yeah, I was like, I, I, how could I miss getting pants in PE in the morning and having like dudes compare wiener sizes to each other? Like, this, this is no way. So I remember, yeah, I remember in middle school, I used to kick this guy's shins every morning as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and but he was like, he was really chill dick, about dude. it. So no, well the thing is, he was really chill about it. Like he was okay. I'd say like we were like definitely friends. So he was yeah. really chill about it. He was just like, oh, man, that fucking hurt. Right? So he was like way too chill about it. So I, I never felt like I was being a dick. Now, look, looking back at it now, I'm like, fuck, I was such a dick. Just like kicking yeah. the shins every morning. But, Dude, that's what yeah. I – do you remember I said something like it's too easy to make friends when you're young, but it's like really hard to make friends when you're an adult. And that's like – that's yeah, what I mean. Sure. You can be like – you can be as weird as you fucking want when you're a kid. Like you could kick somebody in the shins and for some reason they're your best friend. Right. And right. it's just like, What? But now it's like you gotta, you gotta like play this, you know, social game with people. It's like, oh, what movies do you watch? What podcasts you listen to? Do you do you like to knit as well? I like to knit. Like you start like it's, it's all these fucking questions. And if you think about it for a second, you're like, God, I am so socially pathetic. What happened to me, dude? And, yeah, I feel like like kindergartners or like kids in general, young kids, they'll just like spew shit, right? And then like wait yeah. for stuff to stick. And then they'll like build out to set up sticks. Whereas as adults, we want to like be precise, you know, and whatever we whatever we say, we want it to stick because for our ego's sake, we want to feel important. We want to feel like we're getting through people, yeah, something like that, you know. So I, I feel like that's holding us back. There's a kid in in like elementary school who would just like spaz out in the middle of like everything, <laughs> and it would just be like, "That's my friend." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, he's like Dude, he's no, the guy, man. Dude, Straight up, like me, I think me in third grade and fourth grade, like me and my best friend, like our thing was just to be random. <laughs> like that yeah. was our entire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just like, our right, we're just gonna be as random as possible. And I was like, hey, it was good times, you know. Like exactly. I I don't know what happened, man. Middle school, but 
look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be nostalgic about middle school, but I'm just saying as young people, it was easier to be weird and just make friends because you're weird as an adult. It's like, there's, it feels like there's no way to make friends unless you already have them from some previous, uh, community or gathering or engagement which i am still suffering from because i'm i don't know i feel like i'm in a limbo state between like i said last podcast i'm like in a limbo state between like child and and man man child yeah well i mean yeah. we're, we're also in the pandemic so don't beat yourself up too much you yeah. know um, actually, people. yeah it's actually called peter pan syndrome sorry um i don't want to use man child the m word's kind of derogatory so i have peter man child can you or stop saying that, that i was joking please explain <laughs> i was um, joking <laughs> you know some people are like yeah it's oh, little man. people not midget like little people is supposedly like so much more respectful but anyway well um okay well hold up i, I have one feel <laughs> about that i think like yeah okay so the thing is like i feel like like any kind of ism right involves hate like we uh-huh. all we all have biases, right? But I think like for the most part we don't like right, like maybe we would like Coke better than Pepsi. It's like, oh I fucking hate well no one says, Oh, I fucking hate Pepsi, you know, I'm gonna like every time I see Pepsi, I'm gonna smash it on the ground or some shit, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like we have like we yeah. all have like we probably all have like biases, we all have like racial biases, but like as long as they're not like hateful, it's not I don't think it really constitutes like, you know, any kind of ism, like racism or sexism. And like obviously it's not that simple, right? Because it's like you know, those kind of things are not just, like, hatred. It's also just, like, uh, s- subtle things that are kind of, like, structures of power that get ingrained in society, and we all kind of interact with it, whether we like it or not. You know, but, like, yeah. when we say stuff like midget versus little person, I think it's just, like, we're trying to take the power out of... We're, we're trying to take the hatred out of the term, you know? So that's kind of what I, I see. I I kind of... I kind of... I, I... I agree, and I see what you're saying. I think I was mostly just being satirical about the people. Yeah, and I, and I overanalyzed it. No, no, it's okay. It I'm not. I'm not trying to like. And, yeah. I'm not trying to. I don't want to shit on you about it because I, I think it's like a very, it's a very valid point. Like I don't. I'm not. I'm, and it's like I want to make it clear that I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, what's with like the language police these days? But, but. Yeah, and that's why I respect what you were saying. Like trying to take the hatred out of the word. Totally agree with the intention. I think some words do need to be changed, and they warrant um, kind of not not watering down or diluting, but you know, like changing to a different word that that kind of elaborates more on the meaning and takes away some of like like you said the hatred. Um, sometimes I think it's overdone. Or sometimes I think like it's kind of like used to fuck with people who, who just, I don't know, who don't necessarily understand the impact of their words. Like, I don't know, like, what is it? Like, there's a lot of people who are just like not cultured or not educated. And if you start, you know, if, if I start like telling them like, Hey, you know, it's this word, not that word. It has right. no significance it feels, it feels to like them. A different it feels yeah. a, it's like a different world to them, yeah. and it and yeah. all they're going to see is just like some some young kid, you know, lecturing them about something when right. when they're just trying to get along with their day. So it's like right. well, sometimes it's like our a, ivory tower. Yeah, 
yeah, it, it just reinforces whatever negative image they have of me if I, if I tell them, like, you should use this word, not that word. So it's, um, it's a weird line to, to walk on, this sort of, like, supporting the intention, but also knowing that sometimes the practice of it um, kind of makes you look like a dork who is just trying to control people. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like, like the whole thing yeah. of like like calling people in versus calling people out, right? It's not. It's like what? we're trying to like. That's a not thing. About this? Yeah, that is so, like, so stupid. See, this, this stupid. is this is my hateful reaction initially, <laughs> but then you, you explain it to yeah. me, and then I'm like, oh, I guess that makes some sense, right? So like people people like hate call out culture or like cancel culture, right? Because it's like, oh, you you say this thing that's like wrong. Like, how, oh, well, how the fuck was I supposed to know it was wrong? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And just get yelled at. So it's like, you know, it's that's not really productive, right? It's nothing really Call has out. changed. Mm-hmm. Call, yeah, calling people out. I feel like calling people out isn't actually productive, right? It's, it's yeah. like, you know, it, it's kind of like, oh, you, you're like giving this person a negative interaction. So like maybe they'll reconsider later, but they have no idea. Maybe they don't even know what they did wrong, you know, because they're like right. actually ignorant, which I don't think is like a bad thing, right? Like everyone is, everyone is actually ignorant about something, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like calling in the idea is basically just like try to be more empathetic and trying to be trying to just like teach and educate, but not in like a pretentious way or not in like a, not in like a, oh, you're like, I told you so kind of way, you know, it's kind of just like calling in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, like instead of, instead of like just pointing fingers and, and then excluding someone from this, the, the main community, you, you're like calling them in sort of like, Hey, come here. Let me talk to you for a second. It's supposed yeah, to give I that sort like, of image. Yeah. And I think it is definitely a little self-aggrandizing because it's kind of assuming that you are part of the quote unquote woke crowd, which I kind of hate that word, but you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, Oh, we are, we are good. And we want to call you in to also be good. I don't think it's that simple, but it's kind of like basically the, the premise is, you know, instead of just trying to like shame or shun people, we're trying to take the more empathetic and, positive approach to kind of make the world a better place for real by you know making people understand yeah yeah no i i I like the concept i still kind of hate this i still kind of hate this like sort of the phrase yeah the 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 phrase phrase where it's like you always have to find like a clever subversion to whatever phrase you're you're trying to break out of and it's like every behavior has to be made into some sort of catchy phrase nowadays um i was gonna say is like i feel like yeah. Sorry, go for it. I cut you off. Okay. I was gonna say, like, I don't I don't necessarily support this sort of like pendulum swinging that's always going on on the internet, it feels like, where it's like you'll have like everyone who's who's like doing call out, you know, culture and, and then like people complain against it. And then and then you kinda like there's like a another wave where it's like, oh, we're not doing call out anymore. Now it's like call in and it's like you don't have to have everyone to call in and, and nobody to call out. I, I genuinely think that there are some people you just need to call them out. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the guy who spit on you. <laughs> yeah. Like what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah, Hey probably, son, come here. Okay, no, that's, that doesn't solve anything. <laughs> like, and, and, and like even in your like, it's like, and, and hey, maybe, it's like use your eye statements. Oh, I feel really bad exactly spit on my face. You know? And I think this is yeah. where I started freezing. And this is what I mean by like, there was like this moment of like hatred and compassion where it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's like, gotcha. it, maybe I'm, maybe I'm like misunderstanding it or maybe it's like, you know, this is 
this is for more wider, massive movements rather than your personal engagements. But it's like, even in your personal life, you know, you know, you have some friends who are like, you know, if you, if you, if you argue with them, they're going to dig in their heels and not agree with you. But if you, you know, talk to them about it, they'll be more receptive. But then there's other people who's, who are just like, you have to like shit talk them a little bit and kind of like <laughs> stab their ego yeah. directly in order yeah. for them to, to, to respect what you're trying to say. And these are all like, it feels like there's a lot of situation, the situation things going on, but the internet just keeps swinging like, oh, fuck call out culture. This is like, this is not correct. And then call in culture. And then what's, what's going to happen next? Like, I don't know. What are you going to have? Like, yeah, I, I, I think it also, I think the premise is also like, it also assumes that other people will take the information that you give them and have the same reaction to the information that you have. Exactly. I don't think it's yeah. always true, right? Because it's like sometimes you get, like, for example, like, you know, some people are like, oh, like the, like, we, we we're basically running internment camps, you know, for illegal immigrants in this country, right? So, you know, you tell it to, you, you tell it to two different people. One of them will tell you, oh my God, that's terrible. The other one will tell you, like, oh, well, like good. Good. Because shit, yeah. Those people are breaking, those people are breaking the law, you know? So it's like, you can't, it, it's, it's more complicated than just providing the, the uh, education you know it's kind of like yeah it's, it's kind of like you have to it is a little bit of manipulation i feel like to kind of convince people how to and it's it's like emotional right because people don't act on logic people act on emotion it's kind of you have to persuade you have to appeal to yeah. their whatever is the pathos pathos or e- ethos what is it pathos you have to appeal to your pathos it's, it's pathos yeah in order to really persuade them i mean it's positive change it's so weird because we always assert that, you know, hey, there's all, personality is a very fluid and mysterious thing because people develop in different ways and you have different emotional sort of expressions and, and you react differently emotionally. But then we also have this like massive internet culture where it's like, like, like I said, it's like, hey, it's not call out anymore. It's call in. I didn't even know this. Uh, like, so it's like, how are you it's it feels i know it's not the exact same people saying these things but it's like there's like it feels like there's like a lot of there's a lot of overlap going on where it's like there are people who will sometimes you you go on the internet and people are asserting everyone is different and you have to respect their individual needs and emotional uh you know sort of patterns and then you also get people who are like, everyone needs to stop doing call out culture because that's not something, something. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck, dude? Like the internet, I, I think I told you this one time. I think like people, the internet is just like too advanced for most of humanity right now. And I'm not trying to be one of those like, you no, know. I, I feel that. Yeah. I think we, t- we totally underestimate the impact of like social media. Like that's for sure. Like social media yeah. is like really fucking powerful and I, we totally underestimate it. Yeah. Um, with that being said, um, we have single-handedly overanalyzed the entire entirety of humanity and we might yeah, have alienated we totally people. Yeah. Yeah, we, we might we be... are all consuming, we are all seeing all consuming we are, experts on everything. We are aliens with third eyes who are <laughs> pretending to be humans. Um, yeah, do do as we say because we know everything and we can we can uh we can philosophize anything and figure out all the answers exactly we are 
We're not even <laughs> aliens, actually. We're just white men in disguise who went into space uh, 20 years ago, and we've come back to judge humanity. <laughs> yeah, we, we no. put on, we oh. put on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chen Shi is actually an anagram for a uh, Kai <laughs> Kai Chen, which is um, with an apostrophe somewhere in there, which is an alien language. And um, yeah, yeah, well, I'm I mean, still I, unemployed. <laughs> we're, we're just we're just talking about shit just to talk about shit right and obviously people right. who hear this they're gonna have they're gonna have their own opinion and their own view yeah and i don't know it's 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 entertainment it's not like we're trying to change anything necessarily you know yeah the converse this conversation is supposed to enlighten us and entertain viewers not not enlighten viewers i don't think like we're we're yeah. smart enough to really enlighten yeah, viewers no. Uh, we're, we're pretty dumb let's be let's be honest here <laughs> yeah we're just we're just really what's happening is it's like show and tell you know and we're just taking all our junk from our dad's garage and showing it to each other and then other people are for some reason um giving us a chance by observing our junk as well um yeah, not dick and I feel like, not dick oh, I, I feel like doing this was junk. just uh, i feel like doing this was more more about like uh just two guys hanging out right and just kind of yeah just chilling you know guys being guys being over overly analytical and probably liberal 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 arts college d-bags being overly analytical and thinking and thinking they know more than they actually do but uh it's just two friends talking you know and uh further in that friendship we're just pretending we're pretending to be uh sociologists and intellectuals but really we're not right we're just we're just having fun we're just shooting this shit and we we hope this is uh as fun for you guys as it is for us and if you're just using this podcast as like white noise so you can fall asleep or do your yoga routine or something that's fair because that's what i do with other podcasts as well as long as we get the views and the numbers right chenchi yeah we gotta make that money I'm all yeah, about that money. that's like our catchphrase. <laughs> even though we're also always talking about like we need some meaning in our in our lives, <laughs> we're literally like also talking about yeah sponsorship money, sponsorship money. Get that, what? Get that money, bro. <laughs> Dude, money, money is power. Dude, weed is expensive, man. You know how much Big Macs <laughs> I could buy? I need that sponsorship yeah. money. Yeah, man, that's that's like seven. That's like twelve whole Big Macs. Fuck. Dude, I can be an accountant for some kids' lemonade stand with my with my um, <laughs> mathematical acuity. I'm just like, uh, Sally, you know how many Big Macs you could have bought with that much money? It's uh, ten whole dollars. I don't know. It's like Sally, you need to undercut Jimmy's Jimmy's uh, market by uh, ten yeah. cents, and then run Jimmy out of business. That way, you can raise your raise your price by twenty. You need to the market on lemonade. You need to sell special grade lemonade to Jimmy. That's actually just urine. And, uh, and and scam him of money. Don't don't use yeah. organic lemons. You need you need to hire me to take my baseball bat and uh, break down his shack, and then that way he goes out of business, and you can raise your prices by twenty cents. Exactly. Corner to market, and get that vertical. Buy him out. And then grow, yeah, grow your own lemons, source your own sugar and water, and you have vertical integration, and you're you're set, man. You have you've cornered a market vertical integration. And you're, you're gonna be a billionaire. And then Sally's get some lemonade. kindergarten, get some kindergarten interns. Yeah. <laughs> they'll do, they'll, they'll sit around and do nothing and just like, you know, play in the sandbox, but, but it'll, it'll fulfill the company image that you have um, functioning employees. Right. Anyway. Right. Appeal to people's appeal to people's pathos and think that you're a wholesome exactly. family company. 
You hire yeah. interns from low income families and um, you give yeah, them an opportunity round. Yeah. to rise. Pay yeah, them, like you pay did. Them barely above minimum wage. Exactly. You're the capitalist example that we all want, Sally. Yeah. Anyway, um, true example of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah, and that's the story of how Minute Maid became a, a family company, by the way. Sally is Minute Maid. She, uh, you know that just... uh, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is like, it used to be a derogatory or like a negative term because it's literally impossible. And I just think it's bootstraps. funny how it's become like this. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just funny how it's become like the calling card of like Republicans who are like, oh, they just need <laughs> to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. So what you're saying is they just need to do something that's literally impossible. <laughs> it's just like... I, so I never, I, yeah, now that you say it, I'm like, what boots have straps? Like, what, what are, what are we talking about? You know, like the ones here? that help you, you know, like the ones that are just like at the back that you hook your finger in that you can like help, help like put your foot, like you put your foot in the shoe, not, not just yeah. boots have them, but like some shoes, like hiking shoes, maybe, or like more rugged shoes will have like that loop at the bottom and it helps you. That's like the strap, right? It helps you put the shoe in. So if you pull yourself <sighs> up on the bootstraps. Which is literally impossible because physics. I feel like Republicans need to have a new phrase that is a little bit more trendy if they're trying to appeal to us. Because I don't know. I still I'm trying to envision it, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm like, I always <laughs> I don't know. Like I always just like understood it just because it's been used so much but i now that i look at it i'm like i've never seen boots with straps you definitely have i you just i think you just don't know maybe i just don't pay attention to it yeah this like doc martens you know doc martens right yeah yeah they have pretty pretty huge straps like the velcros no i think you're thinking like where the laces are i'm talking about like where your heel is so by your heel right there's like that like little loop that you can use to help yourself put your shoe on that's the bootstrap it's like that little that's a strap yeah, you literally, that's, dude that's, that's a not strap. a fucking yeah. strap get the hell out of here dude well, that's how oh. you pull yourself up by your bootstraps <laughs> i right, see yeah. what they're saying well, so, now so the idea no i think the idea is more metaphorical right like people who wear boots are hard workers right during like yeah yeah, yeah. i always i understood the so boot it's like part. oh i'm yeah. gonna I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps because I'm a hard worker. But the the phrase itself is literally impossible, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. It's like everyone who says shit like that has to, has to verify to me that they've had um, a blue collar job and they've actually succeeded and rose to the ranks. Otherwise I'm not going to respect what you say. It's just good marketing by uh, rich people to keep the poor people poor and allow them to stay rich. Yeah, I was watching a video no, about it's it's your uh, fault. You just gotta work harder. If you're not successful, it's your fault because you gotta you gotta work harder. You you dumbass. You know <laughs> you 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 dumbass. Dumbass. I was gonna say something. I was gonna say something worse, but I'm like, ah, no, no, no. Hey, think about that sponsorship money. All right. Yeah. Control yourself, Chen Shi. I know you hate capitalism, even though. Even though you work at a fucking winery with, 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 well, with a whole figured, department well, of white I girls. Figured, oh, no, I wish. I wish I was in that department. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like, like winery. We, you're we, like, you're an undercover wine, agent you know? for communism. We, we make wine. We don't. It's like not that bad. 
and I, I work in environmental yeah. shit. I'm helping. I'm literally helping them save water. That's like my job. So yeah, but yeah, it it does kind of suck. Just other parts of the other aspects of it. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, this has been a very wonderful yeah, podcast. Shit. Ninety ninety minutes. We wow. went ninety minutes. I I wish um I could go on dates or um have hookups with people where it's like, wow, I didn't expect you to go this long. I really enjoyed it, but. Um, that hasn't happened in yeah, a long longer, time. Longer than seven seconds. Shut the fuck up, dude. Why? Why do I tell you personal shit and then you just kind of like slip it in? Well, I thought like you that. told to a lot of people. It was like a joke. I told people it was, it was a it good was, joke. Yeah, it was. But I, I haven't like I haven't made. I, I guess I have made peace with it now at this point. But hey, well, I mean, doesn't matter. You have listen, sex, right? We'll, so. we'll s- still beat though. Still beat though. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll save go, yeah. the um. We'll save the Vine sex story for another time. We should have a podcast where we just have awkward, like, romantic stories. That'd be kind of fun. Maybe for Valentine's Day or something. I'll buy you chocolates or something. <laughs> we can talk about it. But um, thank you for the wonderful time, unexpectedly long. And um, I don't know. Um, it was unexpectedly long. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm sure she says it like this, too. She's, like, sitting in a, in a, in a, in a spinning in an office chair oh. with her fingertips just like you know dripping 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 with sarcasm oh thanks for the thanks for thank a you wonderful time it was unexpectedly unexpectedly long, long. um yeah <laughs> totally my my secretary <laughs> my, i will i will oh, book you yeah. again yeah i'll book you again for uh next tuesday or some shit i don't know dude i i i don't know how to talk to people anymore um bro i feel the same way don't worry i just i don't know how to be a fucking professional you know i feel like such a robot yeah i never knew how to do that so i i took pride in the fact that i was like a degenerate in the office space but now it's like i don't even know how to talk to people on the street like i'll just be yelling for no reason i told you i told you man it's just like i was like buying weed today and they're like oh you get five dollars off i'm like five dollars off and i was like oh yeah, why i was like is that, i was surprised dude like it, it, they were like, oh, first time discount, five dollars off, and I'm like, five dollars. I think I was, <laughs> I was probably thinking about how many Big Macs I could have got with that. <laughs> Dude, anyway, not even that many anymore. Five probably just one. It's like one, right? Like, it used Dude, to be the like prices have raised. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not like seven dollars for Big Mac meal. Back in like two thousand five. Sorry, what? Travis Scott meal though. Travis Scott meal. It's I don't price. know what the hype around that is. I don't even know what a Travis Scott <laughs> burger is. I just hear it um it's it's literally yeah like nothing yeah okay is it like a meme it's just an imaginary conceptual just, thing yeah it's, it's just a meme yeah it's not a real burger they, it's like a quarter pounder and they throw some bacon on it and call it a Travis Scott meal is that like a marketed thing like is jack-in-the-box selling this shit or something what no it's McDonald's what is, what, it's dead as it's dead they, as just marketing so it's like a real oh, item six, on the menu yeah you can call you can get a you can get a Travis Scott meal next time you walk into McDonald's they should have put like a tablet of LSD in there or some shit too. <laughs> the fuck? Some Astro World merch, you know? Yeah. Like Astro World t shirt. Yeah, man. I mean, if if they had that in Happy Meals, I'd be I'd be fucking buying that shit. But um, I was gonna say one one last thing about McDonald's. Back in like 05 or 06 when I was still a kid, my dad would take me to McDonald's and he only knows how to order. He only kn- he doesn't speak English. So the only time he orders food in English is at McDonald's. Cause he knows how to say McChicken. So he'll like, he'll have his five fingers up and then be like McChicken. <laughs> and he would order five McChickens and eat them. Cause they were like a dollar each. And, and he was like, Oh, these are delicious. 
And that, and then like, I remember a couple of years back, this was probably during the recession. I'm not going to fucking lie. He was like, man, everything's getting more expensive these days. McChickens are like a dollar ten now. I can't even buy one with a dollar. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> My man is just like keeping up with uh, <laughs> the prices, man. The way people look at gas prices. My dad was like looking at McChicken prices. Uh, the, 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 and then they took away the dollar menu, of course. So they're really fucking with poor people. But yeah. Okay. Any last minute uh anti-capitalist sentiments or you know high intellectual if you're listening uh, to this right things. now and you haven't and you haven't registered to vote go register to vote and yeah. submit your ballot as soon as possible right warren's yep. warren speaker is stuck in limbo because of the post office so don't let your ballot be stuck in limbo because of the post office okay that's, all that's actually yep. thank you for that actually we we should we got to get political too to get that sponsorship money uh anyway but <laughs> no well, we're 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 kind of memeing how greedy we might be we're not actually that greedy um but yeah i think that was good i didn't remember that get political okay yeah we should we should talk oh we didn't even talk about rbg we gotta do it next time damn dude yeah man fuck um all right another time next episode we... double double feature rbg yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have um, yeah, an hour special on RBG and uh, yeah, I mean probably not, but we'll at least talk about it. I'll just talk about her workout routine or something. <laughs> she was she she was the one who was like a celebrity because of that. Just, Wait, really? Yeah, she did. She have like a I've workout routine this. and hold on, let me look this shit up. We're gonna go over time. Um, if if anyone is fucking to this podcast, they must feel lucky because they're like, wow, this th- th- this thing goes for so long. I guess we should keep fucking. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Um, I, I don't know. My brain always thinks about fucking. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, no, she's the one who, who released a, a workout book. Oh, and funny. she was that's like, awesome. she got kind of famous for that because she was like, um, you know, she she did everything. And she she has a really interesting life too, considering. Yeah, I know about that. Yeah, about that. Yeah, dude, Joe Biden also has a remarkable, interesting life. I'm sure Joe Biden has yeah. a remarkable, interesting life. That dude. I mean, like, actually, yeah. Listen, if you live that long, I'm sure you will too. I mean, you have a pretty interesting life as it is. This is like the part where, like, we we got to pat ourselves on the back too. I guess it's like, don't yeah, sell yourself. Yeah, we got to. We got to cl- close the knot and, you know, we, we opened up the panties. We got to sew back together and pretend everything's fine. You opened up the panties? Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm so pervy right now. I think when you, there's a, there's a, there's a law of the universe where the longer you talk with Warren, the more he spaces out and the more he turns every conversation into a sex related thing. So do you want to just okay. i'll let on you finish note, what you say oh okay yeah sure on that note let's uh it's been a good time <laughs> hey uh thank you it's been a good time yeah. i like to hear that i'll call you back you'll call me back yeah. yep <laughs> all right y'all this has been episode three of the graduates with okay. uh, your boy chenchi and your boy warren yeah goodbye all right <laughs> out. peace all right peace